This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Finding the right balance between the public health crisis known to all of us as COVID-19 and the reopening of the state's economy has been a divisive conversation. Here on our show, we've discussed the challenges food banks have had to meet that have been presented to us by the three waves of people who continue to come to us for emergency food. Students and their families, senior citizens, and those workers who found themselves in need, many for the first time. To meet this need, the seven Feeding America food banks have grown their productivity by over 50% across our network, averaging over 4 million pounds of food distributed each week of the pandemic. But now we shift our perspective from the public health crisis to the economic recovery. Presently, the phases of reopening the state and the businesses that fuel our economy are coming online and we remain hopeful that we can fully engage in the coming weeks. One of the sectors of our economy that was hardest hit was, of course, the small businesses of Michigan. Employees of small businesses were some of the unexpected folks we found in our distribution lines. I understand that one of seven businesses in Michigan will not reopen post-COVID-19. Michigan's unemployment rate has skyrocketed during the pandemic like the rest of the U.S., and in the coming weeks, we will share about the direct correlation between unemployment and food insecurity. I think we all know that small businesses are the backbone of the economic strength, and here to help us understand more about small businesses in Michigan and their needs is Lori Richard, the CEO of Edge Partnerships and the chairwoman of the Board of Directors for the Small Business Association of Michigan. Later in the show, Jerry and I will discuss the role Michigan food banks plan to play in Michigan's economic recovery. You come back and be with us. Welcome back, everyone. Lori Richard is with us, the CEO of Edge Partnerships. And Lori is the chairwoman of the board of directors for the Small Business Association of Michigan, friends of ours for sure. So, Lori, welcome to Food First Michigan in this guest role. (laughs) You were a catalyst for the show from the very beginning. So, welcome. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Phil and Jerry. It's so great to be here with you this morning. You know I've been involved with SBAM for all these years. Um, Such a great organization, our voice for small businesses, and so critical during the COVID pandemic. You know, one of the things I miss terribly about this year is not spending time with you up at Mackinac. You know, we usually have our our uh, show up there. We record live right in the lobby, and and uh, we get to have some great guests. And you're there with your beautiful smile. I wish our our listeners could see it. And uh, but helping us organize what usually is one of the best. Uh, series of shows for the whole year as there's so many people up there. So thanks for helping us make up for that now as we're, you know, trying to really help people understand the challenges that food banks and our 
and the people we serve are going to be facing, not just, you know, in the next week or month or several months, but possibly significantly longer, maybe 18 to 24 months of uh, recovery from the COVID recession. So, um, so great to have you. Great to see you. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think we should get into this show. It's going to be good. So from your perspective, not only as a small business owner, um, but also now as the uh, about to be chair, and probably by the time this show airs, you will be the chair of the uh, board of directors for the Small Business Association of Michigan. And as you know, um, one of the waves of people that we saw coming to us is employees of small businesses uh, during COVID-19, during this public health crisis, the pandemic. And... Um, and so what are you seeing? What are you hearing from your members, uh, the effects of COVID? Um, and then what's the outlook as we move forward? So um, every Monday evening, I, I gather with a group of uh, board members for SBM, female board members from the UP to Southeast to the West side of the state. And some of the struggles have been common and some are very unique. It's been very heartening to me to see just that power, that entrepreneurial spirit of a small business owner being able to transition um, from making mouth guards and, you know, winter clothing to making personal protective equipment and just that agility to adjust to the needs. Um, and right there in Fenn, one of my dear a friends and board member, Jenny Shero, uh, the food service industry was just decimated. I believe they will come back. I believe everybody will come back and it will look different, but it's very hard to, to squelch that entrepreneurial spirit and the energy and the, the vision they have. And we're going to lift each other up. Um, and so I look at, I service as chair of the board of SBAM. You know, there are there are hearts and there are minds and there are strong leaders. I'm that big heart leader and I will do whatever I can within my power to make sure that all of our small businesses get that chance to, to rebuild and regroup. Jenny is uh, one of the founders and owners, her and her husband of Fitton Brewery, just to the <clears> north <throat> of my house here. And so they're great friends. I remember when they uh, started out here in downtown Fitton and did up just north of Fenton at the location they have now, which was, I think, an old lumber mill uh, that they've converted into a brewery. And uh, they're great people. And you're right. That's the heart and the essence of um, any economy has got to be our small businesses. And um, it's broken our hearts um, in the Food Bank Network to see not just the employees of small businesses, but contract workers and particularly people in the service industry of bars and uh, food establishments, restaurants of that nature come to us. But the refreshing thing, and Jerry can really speak uh, directly to this, is to see they've never needed emergency food before, and they never negotiated our how to get food when you need it network. Uh, but when they, when they get in their car and they get in line and they come to the food distribution and they see the quality of food that they're getting uh Oh, there's milk, there's eggs, there's fresh produce, there's meat, there's protein. There's just all this great food. Uh, and I think a lot of them are surprised. Well, you know, if you haven't if you haven't had any reason to be in contact with the work that food banks do with our partners across the state and realize how much they care about the people that come to them, realize how much they care about the quality of the food that people are getting, and uh, and realize 
how much they care about the safety of the people coming and the convenience. I mean, you know, we really do want to make life easier for people. And a lot of that comes from a direct knowledge of how hard life is for people. And so, I mean, we all play our part and I don't want to overstate it, but I do think it's really critical um, the experience people have when they come through. I also right. think your point about a lot of people coming through having never been through this before. So when they, for the first time, try to get some help, there's an awful lot of unknown for them, you know, and, and that creates a lot of stress. So we've gotten a lot of great feedback from people that, uh, that it's working for them and we're really happy to serve them in that way. Um, I will say this, I think that um, the, there is innovation happening in, in the food service industry. I mean, I live in Ferndale and there's a lot of restaurants in Ferndale and they just got permission to reopen and we're seeing them doing all kinds of things. Of course, the outside spaces are all being used right now as much as possible because that's the safest thing to do. But we're seeing quicker carryout orders. We're seeing different uses of the internet. We're seeing lots of things that, as you were saying, Lori, is driven by the entrepreneurial spirit that, that is going to contribute significantly to the recovery. So, so say a little bit more about how does the Small Business Association of Michigan interface with these small businesses to help them as they're thinking of these ideas, but maybe they need funding or maybe they need other types of assistance in order so that they can actually make that happen. Oh, absolutely, Jerry. Um, every day at three o'clock, um, SBAM has had a live uh, face, Facebook Live just to talk about updates to the PPP uh, programs that are available, laws as we bring employees back. They really just are our lifeline. Um, for all things related to business, from HR issues to um, insurances to now they're, they're uh, offering discounts on the PPE equipment for businesses. Um, just at every turn, they have been there encouraging and helping and um, bringing on experts in all these different areas, finance, HR, um, even IT, any anything that has to do with business. Um, and they've just been so very helpful in um, actually is in, in so many capacities helped my business, small business and many others. So they are truly the voice of the small business owner in Michigan. Um, and, you know, second stage companies like my own that are in the midst of growing and, um, how we've, um, you know, how we've navigated these unknown waters. So we've done it together. We've, we've joined and we've leaned in and we've pulled people up because this is devastating. This is, uh, these are our lives. These are people's lives. And a lot of them are family based businesses. So the whole family is trying to um, survive during this. And SBAM is just, like I said, have been a great resource. Um, and while most associations are shrinking, our association, I think, has just hit the 28,000 member number, uh, and it continues to increase because the value is so intrinsic to what we do as small business owners. Maybe we should put some, uh, how do people just find out more? We should probably do that now after that plug, especially. That was awesome. How do people <laughs> find out more to get those great services and all that help? Where should they go? SBAM.org. Very easy. SBAM.org. S-B-A-M.org. And then uh, on Facebook, Small Business Association of Michigan. And like I said, every day at 3 o'clock, you'll see Rob, Rob Fowler, Brian Kelly, uh, and a whole slew of experts. And it's just there for, for, the, for the taking. And it's very enriching. And we can ask questions live and have them answered. It's um, like I said, I, I am not being 
uh, overzealous when I say they have been truly a lifeline during this time. Let's take a quick break, guys. Uh, come back and talk a little bit about our perspectives on the economic recovery, especially for small businesses and their employees. That's Jerry Brisson. She's Lori Richard. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Our guest, Lori Richard, our friend. And uh, Lori, going all the way back some three and a half years ago, um, it was really you that was a huge catalyst for the idea of this show. And, uh, and you were in the studio on our first day that we recorded. Um, I was nervous as a cat. Um, <laughs> I remember that very well. But here we are some three and a half years later and uh, three awards later. And so we want to say, you know, uh, a thank you for you believing in us and seeing us and what this show could do and be. And uh, you, you've been with us every step of the way. So thank you. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, the work that you and Jerry and all the food bankers in Michigan does is it's very humbling to me because you are literally, you know, feeding people, one of the, taking care of one of the most, most basic needs. And it's been really my pleasure to um, get your word out so that people can get the food they need. Well, now as a small business owner and as a in the chairperson for the board of directors for ASPAM, um, we're really looking at the, the, the economic recovery. And so what are your members saying to you? You know, we had Don Grimes on the show uh, recently, um, a senior research uh, uh, specialist at the University of Michigan. He gave us a lot of hard data. I think really what we're looking for you is what are people thinking? What are your, what are your members feeling about what's next? as we move from the public health crisis to economic recovery. Oh, absolutely. People are, my colleagues and small business owners are so ready to get back to work. Not that we've ever stopped working, but our hands have been tied, uh, giving different, you know, um, govern, you know, orders from the governor. And there's a real, uh, let's just, let's, get moving, let's get moving, let's get moving, and let's do what we need to do with any limits or parameters, but let, let us work, please let us work. And there are some businesses, um, unlike mine, where they can't work remotely, and either they're manufacturers and, and, uh, or food, you know, restaurants, and, you know, that's, that's just um, been so hard to watch that because we've been able to, um, you know, survive this and actually, you know, ad adapt some different things. And my team has been amazing. But what I'm hearing from other small businesses is that let us work. We need to get back to work. And the tears that have been shed by having to lay people off, um, that these people are like your family. When you're a small business owner, they're not just a number or a paycheck. They, we know their families. We know their children's. We know their ups and downs. That's It's just so familial. And um, so, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, let, let's get us, let us get back to work um, in, in whatever capacity that may be. And it's going to be, it's going to be a while to get up to full speed again. Um, it didn't take overnight to get us here. And when you shut down a state for three or four months, um, it's going to be, 
it's going to be hard to come back and some may not come back and uh, my heart really does go out to them but i know too and i believe in them that they will blaze a new trail or they'll find a new passion in life to pursue um, but it doesn't make it any easier as you're going through it well and one of the things that you're touching on is something so important to our work in food banks and that is who is the face of hunger and a lot of people misinterpret that. They, they have an idea about who's hungry, and it might be the guy that says, you know, standing on the side of the road with the sign, we'll work for food or, you know, or something like that. But the, the fact is that's a very small percentage of the people who come looking for help. We, we have seen and continue to see that what our work does, as much as anything else, is gives, it takes hunger off the table today so people can manage their life tomorrow. And if you can't take hunger off the table today, then that's the only thing you're going to manage till tomorrow. And so as we see people coming in, especially people coming for the first time, um, going home with, you know, a couple weeks of groceries that they can uh, serve to their family, you can see immediately the relief, of course, and sometimes that's tears, as you're saying. But it's also... Uh, that glimmer of hope, that brightness in the eye that just comes back and says, you know what, good, I got this taken care of, so I have time and energy to take care of the next thing I need to take care of, so I can do the things you're talking about, Lori, rethink my business if that's what I have to do, or rediscover another passion, or even spend time with my family as we're all going through this together, and all of us figure out together, okay, we can do this, and this is what we're going to do. So it's, it's uh, I think, important just to acknowledge that the face of hunger isn't what people think it is, and it looks, in many instances, an awful like what you're describing. Right, and I have to just give a shout out to my daughter, uh, Sophia Rashar. She's the constituent liaison for State Representative Angela Whitwer, and she's been handling all her uh, unemployment insurance cases. And that's where she's getting to see as a young adult it, the faces of so many people. She's handling 400 cases just to help them get through and get the necessary money they have to do, get. And she's, and she's like, Mom, these are people, professionals, and you know, people who have been at their jobs for years and years and um, any little thing I can do. So yeah, the, that's who's coming to your food bank. These are people who all of a sudden, through no choice of their own, find themselves without work because the state has shut down. Well, there's no doubt that economic recovery uh, begins with small business as, as they go back to work uh, in, the, in the unique way that they have to um, and is, is a challenge for everyone. And then it's, you know, we talked about the uh, service industry, the bars and the uh, restaurants and how they've adjusted and adapted. And I think that that flexibility is what will come into play. It's just gonna take months for it to happen. Uh, I don't think that we can expect people or businesses to say, okay, you can go back to work now. And then after the first paycheck, then everything's back to the way it was pre-COVID. And to have any type of expectation or, or that picture in our mind is, is grossly unfair to everyone involved. And so I think that as a food bank network, we want to make sure that we're ready, as we have been in the public health crisis, to continue to come alongside the people in Michigan in the economic recovery. And that's how we're really positioning ourselves. Um, one of the things that I think that uh, has come to light during these, uh, these days is the innovation that COVID-19 has brought to us. Um, you know, we have a, I have a shop uh, right here in Fenton 
uh, is called um, an up north country chick. And uh, I read a statistic about Lori about small businesses said, that said one in seven uh, would not reopen after COVID after the pandemic. Now I, I, I that's I super sad obviously up north country chick store um, they're not going to reopen their retail but they are going to continue with their online sales and so I think it's how it's a really good illustration about how small businesses and people have learned to adapt and I'm sure you're hearing a lot of those similar stories throughout your membership. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jenny Thor Gina Thorson at Stormy Cromer, she's one of my heroes. Um, I just actually ordered, uh, they hand make every, all their, so they're known for their winter uh, wool hats and clothing and outerwear. And so she's readjusted, brought all her people back to hand make um, Stormy Cromer masks, and they're very cool. So I have one for you guys. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah. So the readjustment, and I can say in my little teeny, teeny world of uh, my agency, we're actually hiring. Um, so coming out of this, and we've had and we had interns, college interns, who are doing virtual internships. So they're learning in such a, such a different kind of world, and we're interviewing over Zoom. And um, you know what? You just adapt, and that's the beautiful thing about human beings, and especially Michiganders, is that we adapt, throw up some roadblocks in front of us. We're going to figure a way over them. And, you know, we're going to, I use the word surf thrive. We survived it and now we're going to thrive and we adjust and our business is even adjusting the needs that, um, are the PR side of our house agency was just blown out during COVID. As you can imagine, everybody has to get their word, word and messages out. Um, so it's, you know, our business even had to adjust to uh, meet the need that was, um, our clients. Um, so dependent on us for during the COVID pandemic. Well, we adjusted quite a bit at the Food Bank Council and across our network as well. And one of the th needs we saw was uh, for senior citizens. And so uh, Jerry and his team continued to make senior quarantine boxes. And then uh, through a series of uh, different volunteers, uh, particularly Consumers Energy, we were able to actually deliver some of those boxes um, to the, the doorstep, the porches of the senior citizens. Um, I love that program. But one of the things that you and I got surprised about is a band from Frankenmuth came alongside of us. And, um, and I'm happy to say that I ended up being quoted in Deadspin magazine. Um, and Lori helped make that happen. So I'm putting that on my resume. <laughs> And I heard you're good friends with Rihanna and her foundation as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jerry, they, they really want to come alongside of Jerry and his team at Gleaners. And uh, that's, that's some of the, the good things that have come out of this is not just the adaptability of people, but also the relationships that have been forged uh, because of the crisis. And we can't forget about um, your partnership with the farmers, which are, who are small businesses our farming community and um, all the great healthy food you purchase from them to feed people who are hungry and out of work. And what a great partnership that is. Thank you, Lori, for being with us and for us. And uh, thanks for being a part of our lives, both personally and professionally. And uh, so we say Godspeed to you and to Edge and to God and to SBAM as well. Thank you so much. I, the work you do, just uh, you, Jerry, and like I said, all the food bankers, you are the heroes and you have 
risen to the challenge during this pandemic and, and have done extraordinary things that have kept people fed and well and um, I can't thank you enough and I haven't earned my wings yet but I, I'm working toward it. Great, Jerry and I are going to be back in just a minute. We'll wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan. You come back and be with us too. Food First Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. That was Lori Richard from um, Edge Partnerships and also, as we said, the CEO of the, or the chairwoman of the Small Business Association of Michigan, Jerry. And um, it's been a little surprising for us to see so many people that we haven't traditionally seen in our distribution lines. Well, it's, you know, one of the reasons they call it a crisis, because a lot of people just flat out run out of resources and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go. And so I think the fact that we're seeing people in our distribution line says something good about how we're letting the community know where they can go. I mean, it is it is complicated um, for somebody who's never needed help before to figure out who should they make the first call to. So just for the sake of uh, putting it on the air, 211 is where you should call if you need help. And, and it is a great resource by the United Way to help the community find um, what they need if they're, if they're you know, not making ends meet or if they have a special challenge that they're trying to do. And uh, the, the operators at 211 are very professional. They're very good at what they do. They're good at briefly getting the information they need to help people find help. One of those things is where food distributions are. And as I say to people all the time, uh, in many instances, you can get food today. There's food distributions going on all over and um, and in many cases, if you call in the morning by, you know, even before afternoon, there's some place that's distributing food. So so having said that, though, I think part of our uh, reason for wanting to make sure we stay in touch with the Small Business Association is because obviously they can let people know who need help where they can go to get help. Mm -hmm. But also we think this unemployment uh, in the state is going to last a while and it's going to affect some segments more than others. And the Small Business Association really does keep its finger on the pulse of, you know, where are small businesses and, and what's happening with them. And that's going to be important as we try to gauge what is the need actually going to be. And with still COVID uncertainty and other things going on, that's going to be a challenge for the next few months. So great to have relationships with Lori and everyone over at the Small Business Association who can help us do the job we need to do. So Jerry, let me let me turn this a little bit and get your thoughts on it from this way. I mean, from the perspective of uh, many of the people that we serve that are, uh, you know, they're struggling with more months than they do money. One of the um, powerful ways out of that situation is to become an entrepreneur. And that's certainly where the, is the heart of small business. Um, and we've had a couple of small business owners on the show recently, Woosa, with um, Erica and Kelly were here with us, and they explained a bit about their struggle during the, the pandemic. And then now to have Lori, the chairperson of the uh, board of directors for small business, Rob Fowler, the CEO of Small Business Association, has been on our show. Um, so... Just think about, you know, you know, they say the recession is a wolf in sheep's clothing, that there's a lot of uh, 
opportunity here, not just challenge. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's been opportunities for food banks to find a lot to do. There's no doubt about that. Um, as for what should people try to imagine for themselves um, if, they, if they're thinking about maybe I should start my own business, um, it's going to be important to pay attention to what the state has opened and what's still closed. It's going to be important to think about technology. I mean, you know, the schools are trying to find a way to reopen, and there's probably some opportunity for people there to, to help the schools reach families and kids in new and different ways, both from a technology standpoint and from a human just, you know, knowing where people are standpoint. I know one of the things that, that we're really concerned about right now is when people run out of money, can they even get to a food distribution? So transportation is going to be an interesting challenge for people who are um, really not sure how they can get from point A to point B. And uh, now, of course, right. you know, how do you how do you pull all that together and turn it into a business that makes money? Well, that's a good challenge. But, you know, uh, th there are undoubtedly going to be opportunities out there for creative people to find ways to, you know, help others. And, uh, and in doing so, maybe even make a few bucks. Right, exactly. Just thinking about how, you know, we can um, give our folks a hand up and, and uh, bring resources. You know, as you say, I mean, we, we distribute food. I mean, that's what our network does. But we also walk alongside of the people that we serve. And I don't think there's any, any group better able to do that or, or has a heart to do that than the food banks across Michigan. Um, if 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 small businesses are the backbone of the economy under blue skies when things are fairly normal, certainly their role has to be even more important in during economic recovery. Well, you know, there's a lot of small businesses affected uh, by all the changes that are happening and and whatever our new normal is going to look like. So I can tell you, you know, businesses that are working to help clean offices and make sure things are sanitary are doing pretty well right now. Uh, whereas mm -hmm. on the other hand, a lot of businesses that provide food and other services to people who normally work in office buildings are really struggling because a lot of people are working from home and will be working home for quite some time. So, you know, uh, I, it is going to be a while before this all unfolds into a picture that we can say, you know, here is exactly who's going to need help and for how long. And uh, and here's who's got a really good shot of getting right back into work and into the economy. So that uncertainty is driving a lot of our thinking right now. And how can we remain nimble and innovative? And, you know, what new partners do we need to bring to the table as we're imagining all these changes? And, and uh, well, it's not just new partners. And again, back to the Small Business Association and their role and, and how they help us be smarter and better. Um, it's old partners too, and people that have walked with us all along the way. So, you know, um, there's the as the conversation continues to unfold and the work continues to be done. One of the things I think we're very proud of is how quickly we could ramp up our response to the pandemic and maintain that response through uh, unemployment and other things that are happening now. Um, I, I think that the as we imagine the future and the kinds of things that are going to have to happen, we know that our distribution systems are going to have to be upgraded from where they were before. You know, and we have more staff and we have more facilities and, and other things that are 
um, driving a lot of good response, but also need to be uh, made more efficient. And we're going to need new partners to help us figure that out. So, you know, maybe there's an entrepreneurial opportunity to help food banks. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's not a bad thought either. And we're always looking for good partners. And that's how we're going to be better, too. And all these uh, changes that you're describing are all driven by the need. So Always by the need, right? Always by always the need. 99% of what we do is based on how do we best serve the community. And, you know, just a small percent left over because there are a few other things we have to do to take care of, you know, business at the food bank. But, yeah, almost all the things we do uh, is related to how can we best serve the community. And, you know, I, I would say this, too. You know, safety, food safety is is one of the most important things that food banks cover all the time, no matter what. And so right, we're used right. to thinking about safety as an issue that has to be managed. Of course, now we're talking about the safety of our team and the safety of the community because of the pandemic. And I think one of the advantages that food banks have had in this whole conversation about safety is that it's something we have to talk about all the time. So we had procedures in place and, you know, pretty sophisticated measures to make sure that food was managed in the right ways. And so adding a few more things to those procedures to take care of people is one of the things that we had to do, but we could do because we were used to that conversation. Right, exactly. Let's take a quick break and come back. Uh, that's Deary Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks for listening. We're back in just a moment. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry, this has been, uh, uh, you know, uh, the kind of the bridge show between uh, Don Grimes, who really described described for us the uh, economic situation that we're facing here in Michigan, and um, and then the other bookend is going to be a show with our own Dr. Dawn Opal, <clears throat> where we talk a lot about how uh, this data that. Don Grimes shared with us how it affects us, our mission, and the people that we serve, the food insecurity rate. Um, this has been kind of a bridge show, so to speak, with Lori that really talks about how important uh, small businesses are to the Michigan economy and, you know, the role that they play in, uh, in, in folks' lives that we are serving and how some and so many of the employees of small businesses started coming to us in order to, you know, kind of bridge that income gap when uh, when businesses were closed here in Michigan. Yeah, and just a reminder, you know, schools are closed for the summer. And for a lot of working families that aren't high income, low income working families, when schools are closed, the kids in those households often miss meals. And so families really struggle every summer when schools are closed or during vacations or, you know, um, anytime that school is closed, even weekends. So with the schools closed for an extended period of time and families having to add that challenge to their regular challenge, um, it's really important that we stay focused and present for those families, many of whom are working and many of whom work for small businesses. So some of them are unemployed. Others have been able to stay at work this whole time. But as long as schools are closed, we know families are going to be struggling and we're going to need to be there for them. Right. Well, you know, that that's that's exactly what we're faced with. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for families and my heart goes out to everyone. I've been food insecure, I think, as we've told that story on the show before uh, me and my boys. Um, but but people who've never encountered that before, um, 
and hasn't become a way of life. They just found themselves suddenly in need. That is a lot of stress that walks into the household and uh, takes up residence with them. And to be able to manage that, and as you referred folks to 211, uh, all of our food banks have websites and all of them post their uh, food distributions across the state. And as you said, Jerry, you could probably, if you needed food today, you could probably find food today. Yep, that's that's exactly right, and uh, and what a wonderful thing to be able to say. So every food bank in the state of Michigan has been working exceptionally hard, and I'm really proud of all my colleagues who've been just putting their you know head down and feet forward and getting it done. So and a tremendous amount of gratitude to the Food Bank Council of Michigan as well, Dr. Phil. Your your coordination of efforts at the statewide level has brought a tremendous amount of resources to the food banks, and you know we're grateful to the to the administration and to the legislators who have supported us. And, and we know we've got a little, a little haul and left to do. So can't thank people enough for, for stepping up and, and helping us do our work. Well, that and the trust that the administration, thank you for your kind words. Um, but, you know, from the administration to the legislature, to all the departments, you know, I think it speaks highly of the Food Bank Council and all of our members that they trust us at the level that they do to make sure that we get emergency food to the people who need it when and where they do. Yep. I think it's time for a little food for thought. We talked a lot about um, small businesses with Lori Richard today. And I just want to share that economic recovery begins with our small businesses. Because in America, small business is a big deal. So let's not just support our small businesses one day a year where we're all called to Small Business Saturday but let's support our small businesses every day because they are the backbone of our economy. Thanks for listening. And until next week, remember, it's food first, folks. Food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.